You're listening to the CTK O'Fallon Podcast. Amen. Back here at CTK, God bless the Hagen fam. Oh, if you're thankful for what you feel, once again, can you stand to your feet? Can you lift up your hands? Can you glorify the wonderful name of the Lord? That's it all over this house. Can you just lift up your voice? Hallelujah, Jesus, we magnify you. We glorify you, Jesus. You are worthy to be praised. Glory to the name of Jesus. Blessed be the name that's above every name. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Glory to the name of Jesus. It feels good to be in the house of the Lord. And especially CTK. Love and appreciate this wonderful church. Thank God for each and every last one of you. Those who are watching online, God bless you. You know, for the last three months, we, as Pastor Romain has mentioned, we've been in Michigan. And they've been so kind to house us and to allow us to use their cameras. We ministered there in the state or anywhere else around yeah. the country. It's all been in Michigan looking at a camera. But thank God I'm back in God's country. Cardinal Nation. And to see wonderful, beautiful faces. And I thank God for each and every last one of you. I love the people of God. I love people in general. But I love the people of God. And CTK is family, and we just love and appreciate you. Love your pastor and his wife and their little guy, Luca. I thank God for Pastor Sister Romine. You know, when all of this happened, and I'm going to shorten my remarks and share more Sunday, but when all of this happened, this pandemic, um, at the very beginning of it, I thought, what is going to happen? You know, this caught us off guard here, seeking the Lord thought, my Lord, as an evangelist, <laughs> this, might be, this might be it, Brother Kendall, but God is faithful. Amen. But I received a phone call from your pastor, and I cannot tell you how much that meant to me. And not just back in March, but during this entire time. Actually, I saw him at March, my last service. We saw each other at the restaurant. But that phone call after that and the initial phone calls and texts, it's just an encouragement. Your pastor and his wife have a spirit of excellence. They are godly people. And I thank the Lord for them. How many of you love your pastor and his wife and their son? Oh, go ahead and clap your hands and thank the Lord for the role lines. Praise God. Well, if you have your Bibles, I want to direct your attention to the book of Acts chapter 16, verses 25 through 28. Amen. Acts chapter 16, verses 25 through 28. Amen. It's just, I, I can tell in the spirit that you all had a great service on Sunday. Amen. You can feel it, praise God. Amen. I mean, I came in wanting to run laps. All right, all right. Amen. The only problem is that I have to go kind of zigzag, <laughs> do hurdles. <laughs> but it feels good in the house of the Lord. Acts chapter 16. Verse number 25, if you have it or if you can see it on the screen, can you say amen? amen. And at midnight, All right. Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God, and the prisoners heard them. All right. 
I know we've been in the pandemic, but how many of you still have your praise? I said, how many of you still have your praise? The prisoners heard them, and suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And immediately all the prison doors were open and everyone's bands were loosed. And the keeper of the prison awakened out of sleep. Seeing the prison doors open, he drew out his sword and would have killed himself, supposing that the prisoners had been fled. But Paul cried with a loud voice, saying, Do thyself no harm, for we are all here. Paul, with the sense of urgency, cried out, Do thyself no harm. Amen. If you're thankful for the presence of the Lord, the people of God, and the war of the Lord, once again, can you lift up your hands? And can you give the Lord glory tonight? Jesus, we love you. We're asking that you have your way in this place, Lord. Open up our hearts, our minds, our spirits to receive what thus saith the word of the Lord. In the name of Jesus, that there be a spirit of revelation and illumination here tonight. And when we leave this place, may we have drawn closer to you. May we be enriched by your word and encouraged in Jesus' name. We are not failed to give you the praise, the honor, and the glory. Can somebody say in Jesus' name? Why don't you turn somebody, if it's possible, let them know how much you love and appreciate them. Give somebody an air hug, an air high five. God bless you tonight. You may be seated. Here in Acts chapter 16, beginning with verse number 6, we read about what is commonly known as the Macedonian call. It's referred to as Paul's Macedonian call. The reason is because of the location that the Lord had called him to. Paul and his ministry entourage were traveling through what is now known as modern-day Turkey, the central portion of Turkey. But back then, it was referred to as Galatia and Asia Minor. They wanted to go into the northern part of Asia Minor, but they were prohibited by the Spirit. Bible tells us that Paul and his ministry team thought for sure that they were to go to the northern part of what is now modern-day Turkey and minister the gospel, which is wonderful. It was an unreached, untapped area. It would have been perfectly fine for them to go there, except for the fact that the Lord did not want want them to go there during that time. It was not yet time, and the Bible says that they were forbidden by the Spirit. Scriptures tell us that when they began to make their way westward, they thought they could go to some other areas of Asia Minor, but the Spirit of God prevented them even from going to where they thought they would go. You know, it's worth noting that the Lord prevented them from doing what they had planned. What they had figured out was the right thing to do, the right place to go. This, in their estimation, was the will of God. But the Lord had other plans. Can I remind somebody here tonight that sometimes our plans don't work out just like we want them to? And the reason is because God 
has other plans for us. I just feel to stop right here tonight and tell somebody that you've been trying to have everything figured out for the year 2020 for this decade and you've got your goals, you've got your plans, thank God, you're motivated, thank God, you have a, a, a sense about what you desire to do, some things that you would like to accomplish, but when God says no, that's not a time to become angry at God or frustrated, but that's a time to take a step back and say, okay, God, if you're saying no to this, uh, then it's obvious that you have another door for me to, you've got something else in store. Ladies and gentlemen, I come to remind somebody here tonight that if God closes one door, he is able to open another door. Can somebody shout Hallelujah. I don't know about you, but I just thought 2020, this is going to happen, and that's going to happen, and we're going to go there. And I thought, surely this year, we're going to head to New York and, and minister. We normally go there every other year, but the Lord said, no, you ain't going to New York this year. <laughs> Only online, but you're not going this year. Praise God. Now, things might clear up, and we might be able to, to go to the Big Apple, but I ain't, I ain't taking a bite out of that apple right now. Now, I could go there and do my own thing, but <laughs> I'm being on my own. I'll never forget hearing about the old man of God, Brother T.W. Barnes, some of those who've been living for God in length of time. If you're new to all of this, you'll want to Google T.W. Barnes preaching. He was a great man of faith, a true prophet of God, many miracles, healings. And, and uh, back in before the televangelists, back in the 40s, Brother Barnes had a healing campaign, and he had a banner uh, put up and said, T.W. Barnes healing campaign. And he heard a voice say, well, I'll be seeing you, T.W. Barnes. And he said, hold on, Lord, I'll take it down. <laughs> just give me a second. You know, when we got our plans, we think, you know, it's all nice and it's all just looking glamorous and, and, and glossy, you know. We just think, wow, you know, this is going to be. And the Lord said, no, no, no. Thought, Lord, I thought this is the will of God. Well, you might have thought that's what I had planned for you, but this is a better plan. Ladies and gentlemen, the Bible tells us in verse number 9 of Acts 16 that the Lord spoke to the apostle Paul through a vision. He sees a man in his vision over in Macedonia of Europe pleading for help. He sees this man saying, come, help us here in Macedonia. At that time, the gospel had not yet reached into that area. But the Lord was closing the door in Asia Minor so that Paul and his team would go to Europe. Wow. Ladies and gentlemen, I believe that God still speaks in visions and dreams. Now, I do believe that we have to be careful. You know, there are some people, they see angels all the time. <laughs> they see devils everywhere, too. I mean, you talk to them every other day. They've had a dream. They've had a vision. And, and, but, you know, it could just be pizza, you know, it could just be, you know, thank God for emos, hallelujah. I just realized where I'm at. I just got vision of emos, hallelujah. Not of God. Maybe, maybe it is. Maybe, maybe, maybe. <laughs> Might be just my cravings there. <laughs> but, but there are times when there are genuine dreams and visions. I was preaching here in the state of Illinois uh, some years back. It was 2012 to be exact. And, and um, I was in prayer. And make a long story short, I 
don't have a lot of dreams and visions. My mother, who's going on to be with the Lord, was one that the Lord spoke to in dreams. She would have God-given dreams. She had a dream that my dear cousin one time was with the wrong crowd, that he was with some gang members, and my cousin was raised with a silver spoon in his mouth. His mother was a top nurse, and she traveled the country, and so he had all the latest fashions and video games and all that, but my mother had a dream that my cousin was with the wrong crowd, with, with some gangsters who were in the back of a truck at the mall, and that bullets were whizzing by. There was a shootout. My mother had this dream. She woke up out of that dream, began to go into prayer. The next day, my cousin was with some of our friends who were gangbangers. They were at the mall in the back of a truck, and they were in a shootout. My cousin had no clue what was going on, but the Lord protected my cousin in the back of that truck because God does speak in dreams. 2012, the Lord gave me a vision, and... Uh, I thought that that vision was to help a particular um, group of pastors of a section that I was preaching at, and I really needed the help of God. I didn't know what to do, and the Lord gave me a vision, but little did I realize that it wasn't just for those group of pastors. One of those pastors was about to go through a church split, and thank God they survived that split. Some other pastors were going through some issues I did not realize, but that vision that God had given me was specific for them, but it wasn't just for them. Later on, I found out that it was for me as well because of a situation, a circumstance that we were going to be placed in as a result of uh, 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 nothing that we had done, but we were thrown into this position and what the Lord was showing me that I thought was for other pastors and it applied to them, but it was also for me. God still speaks in visions and dreams. And can somebody say amen? That this vision that Paul had led him and his crew to conclude that God was calling them to minister in Europe. A closed door, as I've already mentioned, led them to an open door. And when Paul and his team arrived in the main city of Macedonia, which was named Philippi, the Bible tells us that even though he saw a man in his vision saying, come and help us, that when they arrived in Philippi, their first convert wasn't a man, but it was a woman, a very influential lady by the name of Lydia. Yet God saved her and used her and her family to establish a beachhead in that city, that country, and in that continent. Can I just stop right here and say you will never guess who God will use. We have to be careful who we say God can or cannot use because you never know who God may, you never know who God is dealing with, who he wants to save. I, who, who, who knows what will happen as a result of what took place on Sunday? Who knows uh, what's going to come out of this pandemic? God can change hearts and lives. Can somebody clap your hands or can you shout amen? The Bible tells us in the remainder of Acts 16 that things seem to be going well until they were met with some opposition. Scriptures tell us in verses 16 through 24 that Paul and Silas were beaten and thrown in jail for bringing good news and delivering a precious young lady who was being used by those who were exploiting her. The Bible tells us that the demonic spirit was cast out, was driven out. She came to her right mind. She was set free, but those who are making gain and, and, and making a profit off of her 
sought to destroy the man of God. And the Bible says that Paul and Silas were brutally beaten. They were thrown in jail. But in the scripture that we read here tonight in verse number 25, the Bible says at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God. Ooh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. I feel the Holy Ghost here right now. Amen. At midnight, when things looked bleak, when things looked dark, when they were shut in, when they were on lockdown, yet they did not allow it to disconnect them from their relationship with Jesus Christ. They did not allow it to steal their faith. They did not allow it, amen, to, 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 to put a clamp on their praise. But the Bible says that they began to pray and sing praises unto God to where the prisoners heard them. They weren't trying to be rude. They weren't trying to be, you know, uh, uh, make anybody uncomfortable. But they knew what they had gone through. Even though they were in pain, instead of throwing a pity party, they began to throw a praise party. And as a result, God did something supernatural. Can I remind us here tonight that when we begin to praise God, however you praise God, when you begin to worship the Lord, something begins to happen. Uh, something shifts in the atmosphere. There are those who might be watching this live stream, but right where you are in your living room, wherever you may be, the Holy Ghost uh, can move. Does anybody got a testimony that even in this pandemic, uh, when you were watching online, uh, you still had a praise, uh, and there was still a God who met you right there where you were. Does anybody got a praise in the house of the Lord here tonight? Can somebody lift up your voice uh, and glorify the Lord? Hallelujah, Jesus. <laughs> oh, praise God. Praise God. Can somebody shout hallelujah? The Bible tells us that when the prison guard was awakened by the earthquake and when he saw the prison doors open, knowing the consequences, he sought to take his life. But Paul called out to him with urgency, saying, do thyself no harm. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, from these four words yeah. comes the word of the Lord that I believe that he has impressed upon me to share with you tonight. I struggled with, with this. I thought, Lord... You know, get, can I not have something else? <laughs> I would love something else for the first time being back at uh, CTK. And as Pastor Romai mentioned, this is only my fourth in-person service. I, I preached in a parking lot service uh, on Sunday, got a nice little uh, um, bite by insects. So, you know, I, I'm not, I don't have the, uh, uh, anything, you know, contagious on my face. It's just, you know, the Lord has a way of keeping you humble there. But... You know, I said, Lord, can I have something else? But this is what the Lord gave me. I don't know who it might be for, but ladies and gentlemen, the Apostle Paul said, do thyself no harm. Do yourself no harm. Don't harm yourself. It's for, from these words that I want to share with you, a few practical applications from this passage of Scripture to help somebody, to encourage, to edify you and your everyday life. Is that all right here tonight? All right. Yes, the first thing that comes to our minds when we read this particular passage of Scripture, the obvious contemplation of this Philippian prison guard that he had was suicide. Ladies and gentlemen, there are those during this pandemic have been struggling. There has been a genuine, genuine struggle with life in and of itself. People not wanting to continue to live. There are those who have genuine battles with depression that can lead to suicidal thoughts and tendencies. You know, there's a way that we can just kind of mask everything and 
no pun intended. <laughs> but we could try to cover things up and make everybody think that everything's okay. But ladies and gentlemen, I come to tell somebody, maybe you're watching online. I want you to know that the Lord hears your cry. And I believe that I'm here in the Holy Ghost to tell somebody, do yourself no harm. I, I'm just here to tell somebody here tonight, do yourself no harm. God has a plan for everybody in this place. Everybody that's watching, God has a purpose uh, for your life. I come and tell somebody that he's able to take, amen, what you have gone through, what you have been through, uh, and he is able to use it for his glory. Can I let somebody know that God is able to use your story for his glory? I know that's cliche, but I come and tell somebody in the Holy Ghost uh, that God can use your testimony to help somebody else. Whatever you do, do yourself. Uh, no harm. Yes, uh, there are failures. Yes, uh, there are mistakes. Yes, uh, there are things that we've all gone through. Ladies and gentlemen, bad things do happen to good people, but God is too kind to be cruel. Uh, who sees too wise to make a mistake? Uh, nobody here tonight is a mistake. Uh, nobody watching is a mistake. Uh, nobody that walks through those doors, uh, nobody that lives in this community is a mistake. Uh, I come and tell somebody, do thyself. Uh, no harm. Oh, hallelujah. Can somebody shout hallelujah? hallelujah? Amen. Ladies and gentlemen, the next thing I would like to bring to your attention is that not only are we to be careful not to harm ourselves as far as taking our life. When we understand that God's the giver of life, then he chooses when to take it. Praise God. Pastor Romine, I honor you here tonight. You lost your dear and precious pastor's wife, first lady. No doubt who was there at your birth, who held you as a, as a newborn, who watched you grow and nurtured you there, your life. And, and uh, I lost somebody dear and precious to me during this pandemic as a result of COVID-19, a great man of God, a great evangelist, a prophet of God. But the Lord is the one who gives life. And he's the one who decides to take it. So we have to be careful. Not only that, but the way that we treat our bodies is something else. Now, I'm not uh, the perfect preacher to preach this to you. Your pastor is a great example in all this. He's the one that hikes and does all this stuff. And I'm like, the only time I hike is when I'm going up the stairs at a hotel. <laughs> but ladies and gentlemen, it is important how we treat our bodies, our diet, our health, exercising, eating right, getting proper sleep. If my wife was here, she would say, preach it to yourself, preacher. <laughs> <laughs> but it is important. I don't do a good job in these things, but we ought to do ourselves no harm right. as far as our physical bodies. I know that Paul said that exercise profits very little in comparison to spiritual matters, but it is beneficial. Can somebody say amen? Amen. How we treat our bodies is important because the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 6, verses 19 and 20, What? Know you not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which you have of God, and you are not your own, but you have been brought with the price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Ladies and gentlemen, how we treat our bodies are important. But notice, it's not just how we treat our physical body but your spirit as well. It's important to take care of your spirit. Can somebody say amen? amen. 
Some people, especially this world, they only care about their physical, mental, or emotional health. And, and you know, I, I know in this younger generation in the ministry, they're paying attention to all of those areas, and I thank God for that. But can I remind you that, amen, we're not just to focus on the physical and on the mental and the emotional and somehow abandon the spiritual. We must be attention to our spiritual health. Can somebody say amen? amen. You know, during this, this pandemic, the former has been focused on the physical health, the, the mental, the emotional health. And there's been a lot of talk of, of personal hygiene and, and washing your hands and, and, and social distancing and all that is very important. But Jesus said, it is not what goes into the mouth that defiles a person, but what comes out of the mouth. This defiles a person. He went on to say, do you not see that whatever goes into the mouth passes into the stomach and is expelled, but what comes out of the mouth proceeds from the heart? And this defiles a person, for out of the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false witness, slander. These are what defile a person, but to eat with unwashed hands does not defile anyone. Now, it does not make you spiritually impure, but it can give you the coronavirus if you don't be careful. But what Jesus was implying is that what comes out of our heart. Now, there are a lot of these things that he mentioned. We're like, you know what? Yeah, you know, we know this and know that. But it's amazing to me that he talks about false witness and slander. That it can defile a person. Ladies and gentlemen. I'm going to come back to this a little bit later, but speaking of how we treat our body, that's very important. Our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit. That's why we teach that you should abstain from chemicals and substances that can destroy both your body and spirit. I know this is not much what an evangelist preached, but I feel in the Holy Ghost, uh, and I pray I'm all right here tonight, but can I tell somebody that drugs and alcohol can harm your body? I know the commercials might be cool and people might think it's, it's, it's all right, but ladies and gentlemen, amen, uh, these things can destroy yes, your life. Yes, there are those who have real struggles and addictions to these substances, and we're not here to condemn anybody, amen, but we believe that the Lord can deliver you. We believe, uh, amen, that the Lord can deliver you instantaneously, or if not through constant accountability, or both, our God is a deliverer. Do I have anybody that can give a testimony that our God can deliver from chemical and substance abuse? Can you clap your hands and kiss somebody and shout hallelujah? But not only drugs, alcohol, and you know, we think about the hardcore drugs and all that, but can I remind you that what we're dealing with in our day and age, that people think, you know, marijuana is all right. And I'm not here to, to get on to all of that, you know, Cannabis is your thing. I, I'm just want to talk to you from the word of God. Is that okay? Whatever you want to call it, amen. Ladies and gentlemen, Paul wrote that even if something may be lawful, it does not mean that it is harmless. I said just because something may be lawful. There was a time in our country that everybody thought tobacco was okay. And it became lawful. But eventually, after time and years of study and seeing the effects that it has on people, we now understand that it's detrimental right. to your health. And the same thing is with marijuana, with cannabis. There are those who think it's okay, but Paul said, all things are lawful unto me, but all things are not expedient. 
all things might be lawful for me, but I will not be brought under the power of any. Now, understand there are some medicinal values to some things, and I'm not here to get into any of that. I'm not here to condemn anybody, but to help somebody. Ladies and gentlemen, certainly something that seemingly is harmless, such as herbs or drugs, can be a gateway to more harmful drugs. So I come to tell somebody, amen, do thyself no harm. I said, do thyself no harm. Can somebody say amen? amen. Ladies and gentlemen, what we're dealing with in our day it has been around for issues uh, for, for, for centuries, but yet more so now, it's also pornography and promiscuity. That's right. That's right. It's not just what we do to our body, our physical body, but to our spirit as well. Ladies and gentlemen, we have such helpful tools as technology, such as the computer and smartphone, internet, social media. Thank God for Facebook. Thank God for YouTube during this pandemic. What we have done if we did not have these tools at our disposal. But with those things also come vices of sin. There's now easier access to these things. I heard one statistic that in any given church, 60% of men and women as well that deal with these things. But the Apostle Paul warns us to flee sexual immorality because every sin that a person does is without the body. But those that commit sexual immorality sins against their own body. Once again, can I make it clear? I'm not here to throw any stones at anybody. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm not some self-righteous preacher. I want you to know that I'm thankful for the grace and mercy of God. But I am here to tell somebody, do thyself no harm. I come to tell somebody that there is forgiveness and there is freedom in Jesus Christ. Amen. I come and tell somebody that the devil is a liar. You can't get out of that trap. You can't get out of that darkness. Do thyself uh, no harm. I come and let some young person know, uh, amen, that there, because there's been a mistake in the past does not mean that our God is not gracious uh, and merciful enough to forgive you. Do thyself uh, no harm. Don't let the devil tell you to stop living for God. Don't let the devil tell you that you can never be forgiven. You can. Uh, you can be made free. I come and tell you, do thyself. Uh, can I get somebody to help me here? tonight. Can somebody put your hands together and can somebody shout hallelujah? Ladies and gentlemen, in that same chapter, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, uh, where the apostle Paul talks about fleeing from fornication, where he talks about all things may be lawful but not expedient, uh, amen, he also reminds us, amen, and such uh, were some of you, uh, but you were washed, uh, but you were sanctified, uh, <laughs> you were justified uh, in the name of the Lord Jesus uh, and by the Spirit of our God. I come to remind somebody that if God has forgiven you, uh, it doesn't matter who may try to condemn you. Uh, if it's under the blood, uh, you have been washed. Uh, you have been cleansed. Uh, you have been, you can go ahead and lift up your hands and lift up your head. Uh, you can go ahead and live for God. Can somebody help me right now? Can somebody shout hallelujah? Jesus talked about these things that can defile an individual. And we know about these things, these vices of sin. We know that they're harmful to the body to the spirit, and to the soul. We know drugs, alcohol, even marijuana. We know pornography, promiscuity. We know these things are harmful to our bodies, to our spirit. But ladies and gentlemen, some other things are more, more subtle, such as fear, worry, and anxiety. 
here in Acts chapter 16, the Bible tells that when the prison guards saw that the doors were open, that everyone's bands were loose, their chains were falling off, he became fearful and almost did permanent harm to himself. Verse number 29 tells us that he came to Paul and Silas fearful, trembling. Ladies and gentlemen, fear and worry can lead to anxiety, which can lead to a whole host of other issues. You know, fear and worry are natural emotions when we get into certain situations and circumstances, certain problems of life. It's natural to have fear. It's natural to have worry. But ladies and gentlemen, those things can get out of hand. I once heard a minister tell my family my mother was going through cancer and uh, her, her oldest sister that I've already mentioned, that was a top nurse, took my mother to chemotherapy and, and I went with this precious minister and I'll never forget at the dinner table, he was telling my mother that, that worry is from God, that worry is okay, it's good to worry. And I'm like, man, I'm not a theologian, but that's not what the Bible says, right? Amen. The apostle Paul wrote to the Philippian church, this is what he said in Philippians 4, he said, be careful or be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God which surpasses, which, which passes all understanding will guard your hearts uh, and minds through Christ Jesus. Can I tell somebody that instead of allowing, amen, this, my, I feel the Holy Ghost right now to tell somebody, instead of allowing the things that you've been going through in this pandemic, uh, instead of allowing the doctor's report, instead of allowing the financial statement, instead of allowing the relationship issue, the kids and all that, instead of that, allowing it to, to cause you to worry to a point uh, that you lose your health, that you lose your relationship with God. Instead, cast it to the Lord. Uh, amen. Don't worry about it. Uh, amen. Give it to God in prayer. Why don't you thank him for what he's done for you in the past and the peace of God. I said in the peace of God, I'm coming to tell somebody that God is going to take care of you. Everything is going to be okay because all things work together for the good. Woo, hallelujah. You can tell I haven't preached to actual people in the building in a long time. Oh, hallelujah. Kiss of my shout, praise the Lord. Let me just share something else as I hasten to a close. Another thing that can do harm to us physically and spiritually is holding a grudge. Carrying an offense. My Lord, we all have been there. Praise God. You know, I would like to thank Brother Kendall. And when we answer the call of God and we just do what the Lord has for us to do, that everything's going to be great. Nobody's ever going to hurt us. We get to looking at people and we just, we love. But I come to let you know, even in your ministry, you're going to have people who are going to hurt you. You live for God. People are going to hurt you. My grandmother, when she saw my granddad come to God, she said, if God can save him, this has got to be real. <laughs> a man running from the cops selling, selling moonshine. She said, if God can save him. And she was living for God, serving the Lord, until people start talking to church about her. And she said, Ethan, there's no kind of hurt like church hurt. She was gone for years until right before my mother passed. My mother began to intercede and thank God my grandmother's Praise back God. in living for God. God. Amen. It's been living for the Lord for the last 20 plus years. Praise Amen. But there's no kind of hurt like church hurt. It happens. Jesus said offenses are going to come. But whoa, I wish they'd come. Ladies and gentlemen, it's, he even said in the last days, people are going to be 
offended. Can I tell somebody who might be new to all of this? Not everybody is perfect. And you know, if you take somebody's seat, they might get mad at you. But thank God for the pandemic. Because some people's seats are missing. Can somebody say amen? But whatever you do, no matter what people lie on you, make up in your mind right now, I'm going to live for God. Amen. Our dear brother that was just baptized this Sunday, God's doing some great things in your life. My God, I don't know you, and I know your family, but I don't know you, but there are some things that God is restoring, some things that were put in you as a child, and the enemy tried to take it away, but they have been resident until Sunday. They have not yet been activated, but now they're activated. You just remain submitted to the man of God because God has got some great things in store for you. Does anybody believe that? Can somebody shout hallelujah? Glory. Make up in your mind right now, I'm going to live for God no matter what. Amen. Offenses are going to come, they're going to go, but I'm not going to hold on to it. Because, ladies and gentlemen, when you hold on to it, you're the one hurting yourself more than the person that you're holding the grudge against. And even it could be in some cases more than what somebody has done to you. My Lord, there came a point when the Holy Ghost talked to me and said, Ethan, you need to go to your leader. Not your pastor. It wasn't my pastor, but a leader. You need to let them know that you love them. Don't hold on to the offense any longer because it only hurts you. Now, that's easier said than done, but that's where Jesus comes in to help us. The Bible teaches us not to hold a grudge against your brother or sister lest you be condemned. Behold, the judge stands before the door. Can I remind you here tonight that we're too close to the coming of the Lord? to be carrying a grudge and holding on to offense. But instead, we are to be kind to one another. The Bible says in Ephesians 4, there to be kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. Does anybody here get a testimony that the Lord forgave you? Or if the Lord has forgiven you, can you stand to your feet here tonight? Can somebody lift up your hands? Uh, can somebody lift up your voice right now? In the name of the Lord Jesus, we thank you, Lord, for your love for us, for your mercy, for your grace. Oh, God, help us to let go of what would harm us. Help us to do ourselves no harm. May we let go of the hurt. May we let go of the offense. May we let go of the grudge. May we let go of the bitterness. It might be hard, but Jesus, you are able. Because you forgave us, help us to forgive others. Remain standing with me all over this place. There are many other things that could be mentioned, such as pride or sin in general. Ladies and gentlemen, can I just remind you of one more thing? A lack of spiritual disciplines can cause you harm. A lack of prayer and fasting, daily Bible reading, faithfulness to the Lord and giving in his house. Now, I know we're in a pandemic, and so there's an exception, but all those things can be detrimental to your spiritual health. But hopefully during this pandemic, even though we haven't been all able to congregate together as normal, Mm -hmm. yet hopefully and thank God for the good aspects of technology like live stream, but but hopefully we've been faithful even when it's been online. Because when we practice spiritual disciplines, it helps us in our spiritual health. Can somebody say amen? amen. But I want to close here tonight, my second closing. <laughs> and I'm, I'm, I'm ending right now, but 
I haven't just come to give practical areas to apply these admonishments to do yourself no harm. That's not necessarily going to help anybody watching or lying or here tonight. But I want to leave you with three, maybe four ways from this passage of Scripture here in Acts 16 that will help you not to harm yourself. Very quickly, the Bible tells us in Acts 16, verse number 31, when this centurion, or when this um, Philippian jailer was going to do himself harm, when Paul called out, do thyself no harm, he came trembling, wondering what was going to happen. He says, sirs, what must I do to be saved? Now, he wasn't asking about eternal salvation. He's wanting to get out of trouble. You know, they find out that these prison doors are open. Everybody's chains are loose. I'm going to lose my life, so I might as well take it. But Paul was able to turn it from the earthly to the spiritual and say, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. That's the way that you can keep from doing yourself harm. Come into a saving relationship with Jesus Christ. That Philippian jail guard eventually was baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the precious gift of the Holy Spirit. If you are here tonight, if you're watching online, the way that you can do yourself no harm is to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, to turn to him and ask him for forgiveness, to be baptized in his name. When his name is called over your life, he will wash away, he will cleanse you from all of your sins. And God has promised to fill you with this wonderful Holy Spirit. If you have not a saving relationship with Jesus Christ, I come to say to you, believe in him. Keep on trusting in him. Amen. That's how you can keep from doing yourself harm. The second thing, amen, is that Paul began to teach him the word of the Lord, him and his family. They were in a home Bible study, if you please. The way that you can do yourself no harm is to continue in the word. I don't want to get ahead of myself on Sunday. Amen. But I'm going to tell somebody the reason why we have times like tonight, uh, the reason why we have daily Bible reading that we can go to on Facebook and, 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 and connect with uh, is because it's the word of God that would keep us from doing ourselves harm uh, spiritually and physically. Continue in the word. His family heard the word and he was able to spare him. He was able to keep them from doing themselves harm. And the last thing that I will submit to you, the Bible says in verse number 34, that after he was baptized, and we also know from the text, we can also assume that he was filled with the Holy Spirit because of what happened. The Bible says he went rejoicing, yeah. that he continued rejoicing. How can I tell somebody one of the ways that you would be able to keep yourself from doing harm spiritually? is having the joy yes. of the Lord. Yes. We all go through situations in life, and this pandemic has caused us all to take a step back and go, what in the world is going on? But hopefully you haven't lost your joy Amen. because the joy of the Lord is your strength. We are dealing with the spirit of the age, the spirit of the Antichrist, and the Bible says that the spirit of Antichrist is going to sap the strength of the saints. But I come to tell somebody, the joy of the Lord is your strength. Don't lose your joy. Keep your joy. Amen. You might be beaten down. You might be locked down. 
but you can keep on praying and you can keep on singing. At midnight, you can lift up your voice. I wonder, does anybody have joy in serving the Lord? Is anybody thankful for the goodness and the mercy of God? All over this house, can you lift up your hands? Can somebody lift up your voice? Can you give God praise right now? Come on, somebody release your faith. Hallelujah, don't give in to your fear. Somebody give in to your faith right now. <laughs> Somebody receive the word of the Lord. Somebody believe the word of the Lord. In the name of Jesus, let joy come to you. Somebody begin to rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Come on, do yourself no harm. Do yourself no harm. But let God bless you. <laughs> Well, if you're by a family member, if you're by a family member, somebody you've been around for, for, for some time and you're comfortable with them, why don't you just reach over to them right now? If you're not by a family member, why don't you just stretch your hands towards somebody, amen, in this sanctuary. Let's just begin to pray with one another. Come on, pray that your brother, your sister would do themselves no harm. Come on, that's it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's it all over this house.